a good move. Why don't you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Yoo-hoo, running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden in Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie, and on this podcast, I am watching through every episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I'm talking about them, laughing at them, pointing out all the pixels that I know that you guys love to see, you're dying to see. And the episode that we watched this week is Season 1, Episode 10, Dumber Dolls. No, I don't have a firearm. I just got these. Action bills. I'm really excited to talk about this one because I am a huge David Cross fan, both his uh, acting career and his stand-up comedy. But before I get to that, I have a big announcement. So today marks the 10th like official episode of this podcast. Of course, there's like the trailer and there's uh, my birthday episode when I couldn't make a full episode. But this is the 10th full production of Dancing is Forbidden. And because of that, I feel comfortable launching a Patreon. Whoa, hey, guys, whoa, oh, my God. All right, hey, now, hey, now, hey, oh, settle down there. Let me uh, let me go into my little pitch here, and then I'll explain a few things, because I'm sure you guys might have some questions. So I really wanted to wait to get 10 episodes done, because at that point, I I know that I'm invested in this. I, I did not want to come out the gate asking for financial support for the podcast just to like after two episodes be like oh this isn't really for me or whatever but again this is the 10th episode i'm having a blast and i know this is something i'm gonna stick with so i feel comfortable asking you guys for support for the podcast so real quick what is patreon patreon is a website is a platform that other podcasters use as well as other creative types too to Get support from their fans, um, financial support. What you do is you pledge to a specific tier, a monthly amount, and then you get benefits in that tier. I have three tiers. There's a $1 tier, a $5 tier, and a $10 tier. What do you get with these tiers? Because there are benefits to pledging to each tier. And right now, I'm starting small, and I'm going to build up. We're going to add more things to this. But I wanted to start small because I don't want to overload myself right away, especially if not a lot of people want to sign up right away. I don't want to be like, yeah, I'm going to give you all this stuff and then only two people want it. Then it'll be a big time sink because, of course, I don't want this to interfere with the actual show. The, The main show is my priority, but it's really important to me that I can reward you guys for supporting the show because I love making it. And I've kind of come to the point where I need your help a little bit to continue making it. All right, so sorry, let me just tell you the tiers. There's the $1 birthday dollar seed money tier. You get a shout out on the show when you sign up to that level and you get a special role in the Discord server I'm starting. You can join that via the link in the show notes. Anybody can join. You don't have to be a patron to join, but there will be patron-only things. And one of the things I'm planning on doing will be watch parties every week. We'll watch the episode of Aqua Teen together that I'm going to cover Um, I don't know exactly if we'll do it before or after I cover the episode. I guess I can kind of talk with you guys about that. But yeah, that will be accessible only to patrons, though, the the watch party. But you can get in on that at $1 where you'll get the Discord roll and we'll watch it there uh, to start. If if more people sign up, we'll probably have to move to Zoom. But that's neither here nor there. So yeah, that's the $1 tier. Um, Again, like $1 goes a long way. So even even if that's all that you want to give, that really, really, really helps the show. I'm not kidding. I'm I'm signed up for a few Patreons myself for a dollar. Next up, we have the $5 tier. So in the $5 tier, you get the same things as the previous tier. You get the shout out on the show and you get a specific Discord role to that 
patron level. But you also get access to a monthly podcast I'll be starting, which will be a companion to this Dancing is Forbidden podcast. So once a month, I will cover a different adult swim show that aired alongside the Aqua Teen episode I'm covering that week. So yeah, it's only once a month for now. I, I think I can comfortably do two a month. And you guys certainly deserve more than that. You guys deserve one every single week. But again, I don't want to bog myself down quite yet. I'll have to wait and see if the Patreon kind of grows a bit to, so that I can afford to do that. But yes, once a month. And guys, there's already an episode in there waiting for you now. If you sign up at the $5 level, you'll get access to me covering the episode of Brack Show that aired this week alongside Dumber Dolls, which is a new episode. It's called Brack Street. It's fucking hilarious. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, it has MC Chris writing a lot of the rap songs on it, and all the main characters on the Brack Show are rapping, including Thundercles, who is voiced by Carrie Means. And we also get a little glimpse of Meatwad in that episode, too. So I was blown away. I'm not a huge into Brack Show, but I loved this episode. So if you want to hear me talk about that, sign up right now at the $5 level. And Patreon will give you an RSS feed, uh, a custom one specifically for you that you can put into your app. Unfortunately, guys, I'm so sorry, but Spotify does not support this. I guess I shouldn't be sorry. It's not my fault that Spotify doesn't have like modern podcasting features. But I know a lot of you are listening in Spotify, but you can listen on the Patreon website if you sign up. And I mean, if you're already signing up, then you have access to that. Otherwise, you can download the Patreon app to listen on your phone, or you can put this RSS feed in like almost any other podcast player and listen that way. So yeah, that's the $5 level. So, and I forgot to mention the name. That is the duffel bag full of cash level. I should say that on the Patreon, I have like Aqua Teen pictures like corresponding to these. I took all these ideas from the episode, The Cloning, where uh, they clone a bunch of money. So I have like pictures from that too. I, I spent a lot of time setting this up. So even if you don't want to join the Patreon, if you don't give a shit, definitely check out the Patreon just like to see these pictures and get a laugh. I, I took lots of quotes from the episodes and I think you, you'll appreciate it even if you can't afford to sign up or you don't want to. At least check it out because I think that you guys will like it as Aqua Teen fans. Anyways, last but not least, the $10 tier, the number one in the hood G tier. That includes everything in the previous tiers, of course, in like a, the highest Discord role that you can get. So you'll be right at the top. But you also get to pick the show that I will be covering for the monthly podcast. Again, I, I really plan to add more episodes for that. I don't want it just to be once a month. I want it to at least be twice a month. Like I said, I would love to do once a week for you guys. But we'll have to wait and see how things pan out. But I can guarantee once a month. So that's all I'm going uh, to guarantee for now. I don't want to promise you guys things I can't deliver on. But yes, if you would like to pick the show that I will be covering for the special Patreon episode every month, then you sign up for the $10 tier. And again, guys, this is just a start. I want to add more things. I want to give you more rewards. I just want to like start with this and then see how it goes from there. So if you like the show, even if it's just a dollar, I don't even want to say just a dollar because that's a lot. You know, a dollar a month adds up. Here's the thing. If nobody signs up, like <laughs> that sucks, but I'll still keep doing the show. It's not like I'm like, hey, I'm not going to do this unless you pay me. I absolutely will keep doing the show for as long as I'm having fun doing it. And I'm currently having a blast. So I can guarantee like I'll definitely get through the first few seasons uh, without any sort of payment. I'm just loving doing this. But there are costs associated with the show. First of all, I have to pay to host it. And I know there are free podcast hosting options, but because of the nature of my show, having so much copyrighted content, I did not want to mess around with it getting deleted because I've heard lots of people on these free platforms like having their shows deleted and not even explained why it happened. So it's like, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm not going to bother with that. So I pay about $100 a year. I think it's a little over that to host the show. It's not too bad. But yeah, I mean, if I can get to the point where I'm not paying to make the podcast, that would be, that would be a, a big milestone. 
But beyond that, um, a little bit about myself here real quick. I work at Target as just a normal overnight stalker, so nothing fancy at all. And basically at the beginning of the year, I had a really bad back injury. I, I kind of had a couple of them over the past year or so. So I was on I I was on the truck unload process, which is a lot of bending down. It's a lot of picking stuff off the floor, like which is hard on your back. And yes, I know how to lift properly. I, I do it every single time I can, but because of previous back injuries, it just made it really, really difficult. So yeah, the manager wouldn't move me off. He would act like he's, oh yeah, I'll look into it. I'll I'll try, I'll try. But like that was all bullshit. Anyways, that guy is gone. We have a new manager in and she's awesome. She moved me off. So I actually, she moved me to an area that I really like. So it's not even like I hate my job. It's just I like working on the podcast more. And when I'm at work sometimes, it's like, fuck, man, I could be working on the podcast. I, I, I have work to do. I want to do that instead. But anyways, back to why I'm launching the Patreon. So in the spring, I dropped down a day because it was just too much on my back. And I'm like, I'm not going to end up with a permanent back injury because of this. And luckily, my back is fine now. You know, it's been a, it's been a couple months. Well, I don't want to say fine. It's not perfect, but it's definitely a lot better than it was. But yeah, I dropped down a day and I started Twitch streaming, which was a lot of fun. And I more or less was able to like compensate most of the, the lost income I, I had from dropping down that day. But then because of a bunch of reasons that uh, honestly aren't that interesting, basically me being night shift, it was harder to stream at times that like made sense to stream. So I kind of just gave up on it, at least in terms of like trying to do it uh, regularly and I guess, quote, professionally, of course. But anyways, that's why I dropped down a day. And that's kind of why I have the time I need to work on the podcast. So what's happening now is the new manager really wants me to pick up my my day again and, you know, go back to full time. So that's why I'm kind of asking you guys like, hey, do you want me to keep doing this show weekly? Of course, I will keep doing the show. But the thing that I learned is that I need time to work on this show to make it the way I want it to be in the way that I think it is good. So what happened when I did the Revenge of the Moon Knights episode, I did pick up an extra day and a lot of hours that week. I, I should mention, I never work eight-hour days. It's always at least 10-hour days. Yeah, so when I did the Revenge of the Moon Knights episode, I did pick up a day, extra hours, all that good stuff. I worked a lot that week. And then I didn't really have time for the podcast. And I'm like, all right, we'll see how this goes. I didn't really have any notes for it beyond, of course, like the this week in history thing. Obviously, I can't make that up off the top of my head. But yeah, I really didn't have that many notes for the actual episode. And I don't think it turned out that great. I wasn't happy with it. I didn't want to mention it in the episode. I don't think that's a great thing to do. But I'm being honest with you guys. Like, I know I learned from that. I need time to work on the show. And so it's kind of like, okay, should I pick up more at work now and then not have as much time for the show, which means I won't be able to put it out every single week on Monday. Or, you know, if, if you guys like the show, want to support it, then I probably could justify not going back to that day and kind of keeping my current schedule and having time to work on the show. So yeah, that's the gist of it. Um, sorry, it's kind of long-winded, but I really wanted to make sure that I explained myself. And I really want to do Patreon and not run ads because ads are annoying. It, it's troublesome for you guys. You have to skip past them. It's not a good time. So I would much rather just get support directly from you guys and be able to do things for you guys and give you guys things back instead of just playing you know, scammy bullshit on the show. There's the $1 tier, the $5 tier, which gets you the exclusive monthly episode, which again, there is one right now. So if you sign up right now at patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden, you can get that episode as I speak. Although you probably want to keep listening to this one, right? And then at the $10 tier, you get the episode, but you also get to vote on the episodes that I do. And as I said a bunch of times, starting small and I'll be adding more and I'll announce here when I add more things. Oh, sorry, real quick on the $10 tier. So when a show wins, it won't be in the next poll. That way we can avoid if it's just one person who signs up and that person is, say, a huge C-Lab fan, they're going to pick C-Lab every single time. That way the, 
the Patreon podcast doesn't become just like what that one person wants. So since I did Brack Show this month, next month it isn't an option. But again, that poll is up if you'd like to vote in it now. And if you'd like to support the show, but you can't afford to do it financially, which is totally, totally understandable, you can absolutely do so by sharing the show, spreading the word. You know, I, I literally only have listeners because you guys have been doing so already. I very much appreciate it. To give you a little story here of like how things are on my end, in the past week, I reached out to an Aqua Teen Facebook group that I'm in that I, you know, frequent a lot and react to the images to and all that good stuff. I reached out. I'm like, hey, can I post my podcast? I've been doing it for however long. It's all about Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And the moderator I was in touch with, she was super cool. She's like, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll ask the other moderators and see if it's all right. And I just did this to be polite. I probably could have just posted it and maybe they wouldn't have cared. But yeah, I asked and she reached out and then she got back to me saying that they said, no, these kinds of links aren't allowed here. So that's to give you guys an idea of how difficult it can be for me because like, I can't even post about my own podcast in Aqua Teen groups, right? Because it's just seen as spam. So like you guys doing it is so helpful to me because you guys can get away with it. I, I can't because I'm just promoting my own thing, which is unfortunate because I think people in that group would probably like the podcast if they like podcasts. But yeah, that that that's how it is out here on the streets trying to try to promote this show. It can be rough, man. But yes, very thankful to those of you that have shared. It is like incredible that you like the show enough to do that. And I owe all my success so far to all of you guys who are sharing the podcast. And of course, just you for listening because nobody was listening, this would be pointless. I'd be better off just watching the show on my own. Okay, so before we get into our news and community section, I actually do already have a patron shout out, which is insane. Thank you so much, Kaghan. I, I hope that's how it's pronounced. K-H-A-G-H-A-N on Patreon for signing up at the $1 tier. This, this is incredible. So I have been linking the Patreon in the show notes just because I knew I'd be launching it eventually. So I updated all the show notes to have the Patreon link. And our our friend Kaghan here found it and signed up. I only had the $1 tier available, but I that's like that made my week when I went to the page to edit it uh for preparation for this week and I saw somebody had already signed up. That's crazy. Thank you so much for being the first supporter of the show, uh the first financial supporter of course. And yeah, very very cool of you. It means a lot to me. Thank you, Kaghan. Make sure that you, uh, if you have Discord, to check out your new role. And hopefully some people join. We can kind of get talking a little bit. So last week, I put out the MCP Pants episode. And our friend on Instagram, Paperback Papa, sent me a little message here. Paperback Papa said, When I was 12, my brother and I had a contest on whose favorite song could get more plays on our iTunes. I'd stay up and sneak to the family computer and put it on repeat muted and go back to bed to prove I want candy was the superior choice. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you, Paperback Papa, for sending that my way. I really like to hear these slice of life stories. And of course, I had to ask Paperback Papa what was his brother's song of choice. And Paperback Papa said, California Vacation by The Game featuring Snoop Dogg and Exhibit. Hadn't heard the song before, but I listened to it and it was good. I enjoyed it, but I have to say I prefer I want candy, but I think I'm a little bit biased, so what does my opinion matter? But yes, great story there. Family computer, that term alone brings me back. Such an antiquated term now, probably, when 10 years ago, that was the norm, right? You know, most households, you were lucky if you had one computer. Now everyone has a computer in their pocket at all times. 
And whenever I talk to kids about this, I just feel like an old man. <laughs> Back in my day, we had to share a computer <laughs> in the living room. <laughs> so sad. Such hard times. So yeah, thanks Paperback Papa for reaching out. Love that story. Thanks to everyone who reached out last week for the MCP Pants episode. Some of you guys were sending me like your favorite candy and stuff, letting me know what you were snacking on. And that was great to see. Great to I, I learned a, a few new candies I never heard of before that I have to try now. I did get some Skittles, as I said, but I don't know. I just didn't really like them as much. So I might have to retire Skittles from my favorite candy list. But yeah, life goes on, I suppose. No new Aqua Teen news this week that I can think of that I was able to find. Just waiting on that movie, waiting on those shorts, man. It, it takes time. It takes time to animate that stuff. All right, so we did get a voice message this week, but because I've already gone on so long, I'm going to push that back to next week. I apologize. Thank you for sending in a voice message. And if you would like to send one in, head to speakpipe.com slash dancing is forbidden or check the show notes because I could always use more voice messages. But yeah, I, I'm just going to move on to our history segment this week in history. We are in November 3rd of 2002. So we have jumped ahead about five months since the previous episode, MCP Pants. So that's five months of no new Aqua Teen episodes. And jumping around in time is fun because we get like a fresh set of pop culture here. We get like all new like top songs, all new this, all new that. As, as we've seen when we go week to week, you do get a lot of the same like songs in the number one spot and stuff. but So that's kind of nice. But we also miss out on context, which I'm not crazy about. And we miss out on just talking about some great things. But yeah, w what can you do? We are in November 3rd, 2002. Let's see what's going on. Tim Allen is dressed up as Santa Claus and he's dropping down the chimney right into the number one spot at the box office with the Santa Claus 2 raking in 29 million this week. So yeah, this movie is the second, obviously Santa Claus 2, to the original The Santa Claus, which was from 1994. So this is eight years later, and the original The Santa Claus was much better received than the second one. The second one didn't do too hot. I mean, it, it sold fine, but like it has a 5.7 on IMDb, 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. And most disappointing of all, there's absolutely no shared cast or crew that I could find, of course, between this film and Aqua Teen the series and the Aqua Teen 2007 movie. So no shared cast here. I, I'd imagine I've seen the original The Santa Claus, but I never saw the second one. But hey, it was the top movie for the week, so I'm sure some of you guys have seen it. When it comes to TV, on October 1st, so this is like straight up a month earlier, but you know, like since we skipped ahead so much, there's a couple things to backtrack on. October 1st of 2002, Cartoon Network celebrated its 10-year anniversary. And in September, so a month before that, Adult Swim had celebrated its first year anniversary. So Adult Swim is a year in change at this point, and Cartoon Network is going on 10 years strong at this point in history. Kind of crazy, Adult Swim is a year old and we're just getting the 10th new Aqua Teen episode just to illustrate like how slowly these things were coming out at the time. Eventually, we do get to a point when it's like every week an episode comes out, but you know, I think they're really scrambling to make these because they didn't know that it would become a thing, right? So most shows create a lot of episodes all at once and then release them slowly, but this show really seems like they're working in blocks to try and just make as much as they can and as quickly as they can, which again, this was early 2000s. This stuff was a lot harder to make than it is now. Nowadays, one guy with a computer could probably make this stuff 
pretty easily. Obviously, aside from like the writing and the voice acting and stuff like that. But back in the day, this was a lot of work. It required a team of people to come up with and to create, at least on the technical side, you know. So yeah, let's see what's going on with music this week. Our number one Billboard Hot 100 single is... We have Dilemma by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland. It had been dominating the charts since August, actually. And then Kelly Clarkson's A Moment Like This briefly took the number one spot for a couple weeks. But then Dilemma found its way back. So we're back to Dilemma here. And earlier in the year, when there were no new Aqua Teens, we had Nelly's Hot in here dominating the charts as well. And this song is from the album Nellyville. And what really surprised me is on Spotify, this Dilemma song has like twice as many plays as Hot in here. And I'm not really that familiar with this song, but Hot in here, of course I know. So it's kind of shocking to see. But again, that's just Spotify stats that doesn't necessarily encompass all of listening trends across history. But yeah, I, I always kind of liked Nelly. Um, not too familiar with this stuff, but the stuff I've heard I liked, and this song is nice enough. And I forgot to mention that this album, Nellyville, was the number one album for a while, but it is no longer anymore. Let's see what our number one album this week is. Taking the number one spot this week is Faith Hill's Cry. It sold 472,000 copies in its first week, which was a career best for Hill. But the album was criticized for its lack of country influence, taking a more pop and adult contemporary approach. I'm sure I've heard this song. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet on the podcast, but my dad was in like a country cover band at the time. I think they had a couple originals, but yeah, I, I'm sure I heard this somewhere in the mix either playing like on the PA system in between set changes or, or whatever. Uh, it's all right. I, I'm not super familiar with Faith Hill specifically, but know who she is. And she was a big deal at the time. Hey, it's kind of interesting. You know, this was her best-selling album in its first week. But then, uh, you know, her country fans were mad. They say, you sold out. And nowadays, nowadays pop country is just... Uh, like hip-hop music, but it's with a, a, a fake country drawl over the top, and it's kind of annoying. Anyways, we, we had a little hip-hop, we had a little country. What do we have for our alternative track here? We have Nirvana's You Know You're Right, which was actually the topic of a discussion we already had back in episode five on Balloonenstein because we were covering the lawsuit that was going on between the surviving members of Nirvana and Courtney Love because they both wanted to do something different with this song. But yeah, this was a very, very sought after song from the band that had been recorded but hadn't been circulated in any bootlegs yet. There was like a live performance that was in rotation, but nobody had the, the studio version, which was one of the last things, if not the last thing, that the band really recorded together. I'm not a huge Nirvana fan. I'm uh, Smashing Pumpkins are my favorite band, so I kind of I take to their school of thought more on this kind of music. But I actually really liked this song. I liked Kurt's vocal performance, and it's a heck of a way to go out as like one of the, their last new things. I'm sure since then, 
stuff has come out that was unreleased. I again, I'm not a huge Nirvana fan, so I don't know everything that has come out from them since then. But again, this is this came out eight years after Kurt died, and it shot right to the top of the charts here, our number one alternative single on the Billboard charts. A nice mix of genres here between all these kinds of music. And what was going on in video games this week, I wonder? Hmm. Well, let's check it out. We have on October 23rd, so uh, like a, a week or two weeks earlier, we had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 coming out on the PS2 originally. And this game removed the two-minute timer from career mode, which allowed the maps to be explored a bit more. The maps were bigger. They were more open world. And another interesting thing is you could also grab onto moving vehicles or even animals and skitch behind them. So the, these were some new mechanics here. I grew up playing these games. I didn't have this one. I, I definitely played this one at some point because I remember some of the characters. Like I know that some of the hidden characters I've seen before that you can unlock at, at friends' houses or whatever. But I had either one or two on PlayStation 1 that I played a lot. And then I've played most of the early ones, again, just at friends' houses. But yeah, I always liked these games. I never knew what I was doing because I was a dumb kid. So I was just button mashing. But they were a lot of fun. And I know that they remade the first and second game like last year. So I, I definitely want to check that out at some point. But yeah, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater series, definitely iconic series, especially if you are around my age. Like, these games were huge. There's a really interesting YouTube video that I watched a while back, but I, I watched some of it again in preparation to talk about it here for this episode. The YouTuber is Nick930, and his video is The History of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, 1999-2015. to Really interesting if you're interested in video game, video game history, to check this out, because this guy does a great job going through all the games in 30 minutes, kind of explaining what they add, what they got wrong, because the series did go downhill. A reason for that is they were basically pumping one out every single year and they just couldn't really keep up with it and it just kind of fell apart. But yeah, 4 has pretty decent reviews um, and all the games before 4 did as well. And just, again, iconic series. Love being a digital skateboarder because I could only learn like two tricks in real life when I was a kid. And then on the 29th of October, so this week, we had Grand Theft Auto's Vice City also coming out on PS2. This is a big month for the PS2 here. GTA Vice City was the Grand Theft Auto game that I was introduced to the series with. I never owned it. Well, I guess technically I have it now that I'm an adult, but I haven't really played it. But as a kid, I never owned it. But I always like ran into people who had it. It'd be like family members or friends who had this game. And it was so fun because I only had like a Game Boy or a Game Boy Advance. And they didn't have these kinds of games on there where you could walk around in this big city and like steal cars and drive around and do all the sorts of crazy stuff. So I had my fair share of playing this game when I was a kid, even though I never owned it. I played it a lot via other people's systems. And yeah, just some great memories. I would love to play it at some point. Like I said, I own it, but I haven't really messed around with it yet. To me, this is like such a fun game. I love the 80s setting of it. And yeah, I'm sure for any of you who have played any of the Grand Theft Auto games, Vice City is probably towards the top of your list because this game is just so iconic. So that's it for our pop culture, guys. You just got home from watching Tim Allen's new stupid Santa Claus movie, and you finally got your Nirvana bonus track that has never been heard before. You just got done playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and you're turning on Adult Swim. You're staying up way too late. What's coming on this night on Adult Swim? At 10 o'clock, we have Home Movies with Storm Warning. And in this episode, 
Coach McGurk tries to convince Paula to pose as his fiance while his sister is visiting. Meanwhile, the kids are trying to decide whether they want to make a mockumentary about making a movie or a mock making of a mockumentary movie or just a movie. <laughs> so it's kind of convoluted, but it's a fun episode. I actually did watch this one because my initial plan was to do this episode for the Patreon episode this month. But then after I read the Brack Show synopsis, I watched that and I loved it. I'm like, okay, this is this will be way better to talk about. Don't get me wrong, guys. Home Movies is one of my favorite shows of all time, but it's so improvisational and like it's so dialogue heavy that it's just easier to talk about an 11-minute show like Brack Show or Aqua Teen over home movies, which is 22 minutes, and it's just a lot of talking. So, yeah, um, this is a decent home movies episode. It's not one of the better ones, but this is this is its first time airing. This is a new episode, and it's decent. It's, it, it's a good home movies episode, but it's not like an iconic one. At 10.30, we have the Lewis Lectures, which I went over in the last episode. It's Jack Black as a dog in a pilot that never got picked up for good reason. 10.45, we have the Finkel Files, this is actually the first time that The Finkel Files airs from what I could find. And this is a new episode slash series, but it wasn't picked up. So it's similar to the Lewis Lectures. Uh, it was a pilot made for Adult Swim, but it didn't get picked up. The synopsis here is little Joshua Finkel wants to be a rock star, but his parents have sent him away to rabbi training school instead. And it's an 11-minute short, and it is also available on the Adult Swim website like the Lewis Lectures. So you can give this a watch for free if you want to. It's written by Una Flaherty, uh, Flaherty, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce that, and Adam Mutterpearl. Una and Adam worked on home movies and Dr. Katz, Una as an assistant video editor and Adam as an audio engineer. And that makes sense because when I watched this, it felt uh, like tonally similar to home movies. And now I understand why, because they both worked on it. The show has a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. I enjoyed it more than Lewis Lectures because I did go back and watch this one. But I can still see why it wasn't picked up. And I don't really recommend going out of your way to see it. It's kind of a ripoff of South Park as well. Like some of the voices really gave me South Park vibes. I'm not Jewish, but my reaction to seeing like these thick Jewish accents and some of the characters felt pretty forced and just boring because like South Park has done it so many times. Other shows have done it so many times that just seeing it here is like, oh, God, this stuff again. Perhaps if you are Jewish, it's a little maybe maybe you find that funnier. I don't know. The story of the episode is this group of boys try to go to like a girls' school to see some blessed virgins, they keep calling them. It's really weird because they're supposed to be little kids. So I don't know. It was just it was just kind of strange. And it, it was really cartoony in aspects too that I didn't really like. After the Finkel Files at 11 o'clock, we have C-Lab 2021 with a new episode called The Policy. And let me read this one to you guys. Late one night, the crew hears loud music emanating from Captain Murphy's room. When they interrupt him, they discover a cachet of recently purchased valuables. Murphy has actually charged all these purchases on a credit card, which Sparks convinced him to get. Sparks had told Murphy that the credit card was magical. When Murphy discovers otherwise, that he's under a mountain of debt, he sends the C-Lab crew on a dangerous mission to find sunken treasure. Secretly, Sparks has taken out life insurance policies on the crew. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't seen this one, but that synopsis is really funny, as uh, all C-Lab synopsis basically are that I've seen. And I'm sure at some point soon, uh, you guys will make me watch it for the Patreon podcast, which I look forward to. After C-Lab, we had this episode of Aqua Teen, Dumber Dolls, of course, another new episode, and then Brack Show. So Brack Show, speaking of the Patreon podcast, this is the one that I covered this week that you can listen to right now at the $5 tier. And here's the synopsis. Brack consults the eccentric advice of a motley cast of characters in his effort to master a distinctive lyrical style capable of winning an upcoming rap battle. This episode features singer CeeLo Green as Prime Cut, the, a rapper in the episode. 
And we see Meatwad in this episode as well. And MC Chris was a writer on it, I assume uh, for the music, as well as a voice of a record store clerk who also raps. There's, yeah, just lots of rapping in this episode. And honestly, all of it is shockingly good, which makes sense because they had MC Chris on board. But before I knew that they had MC Chris on board, I was like, wow, this is actually good because most shows when they have rapping, it's just, you know, it's it's serviceable. But like this, like I'm like, wow, there's actually thought put into this. What is going on? And then sure enough, MC Chris in the credits there. So great episode. Like I said, I had a lot of fun covering it. I'm glad that I had an excuse to dive into that one. And of course, that episode of Brack is new. It, it aired for the first time. This is a pretty big night. This is one of the bigger nights we've had in terms of new episodes of things. After that, we have Space Ghost with an older episode that aired in 1998. This episode is called Intense Patriotism, and it was written by Dave Willis and Mike Lazo and features Jeff Foxworthy. I know I've seen it at some point. I'm sure it's great. After that, we get a show called The Ripping Friends, The World's Most Manly Men. And this episode is Rips Shorts. And so this is a, it's not the first time airing on Adult Swim, but it's our first time talking about it. The history of this show is pretty convoluted, but the gist of it is that it was created by John Crickfalusi, uh, also known as John Kay, who is the creator of Ren and Stimpy. And after he was fired from Ren and Stimpy, he wanted to make a movie about these ripping friends characters, but the idea was scrapped and it was later turned into this TV show. The show premiered September 22nd, 2001 on Fox Kids, but was canceled in September of 2002. And then Adult Swim later picked the show up, obviously, since it's on Adult Swim. Only one season was produced. If you like Ren and Stimpy, this might be up your alley. I did watch some of it on YouTube, but like, I'm not a huge Ren and Stimpy guy. I, I do appreciate some episodes, but I'm also not a huge superhero guy. So this wasn't really my thing. It, it seemed enjoyable enough. And then, I, you know, I, I can't go without mentioning that in 2018, John Kay was accused by two former Spumco artists, um, his like production company back in the day, of grooming and sexually abusing them in the late 1990s when they were teenagers. And John Kay released an apology for his behavior, blaming his mental health and poor impulse control. He has since declared his withdrawal from the professional animation industry. So a real piece of shit, this guy. I mean, like there's plenty of evidence and things that came out against him that are just like harrowing. It's just horrible. The, the weird stuff he was doing. He, he was like meeting young teenage girls and like, oh, when you get older, you can work with me. And this is a guy who was huge at the time. So just, oh, just so gross and so weird. So if anything, you might not want to watch it just because of that, just because this guy's a creep. But uh, yeah. That's that's the Ripping Friends, and I know that we will see more of that coming up. And after that, we have The Oblongs, which is a show I really loved, and I still love. And this isn't its premiere on Adult Swim, but it's our first time talking about it. The show premiered on April 1st, 2001 on the WB, but failed to find an audience, uh, as the story of so many of these Adult Swim shows, right? On May 20th, 2001, the WB aired Disfigured Debbie as the season finale, leaving five episodes unaired. And then Adult Swim did go on to show reruns of the first eight episodes and then also aired the five remaining episodes that the WB did not air. So Adult Swim picking up two WB shows at this point, The Oblongs and Mission Hill, both great shows that were canceled far too soon. The Oblongs focused on the antics of a family who lived in a poor valley community and as a result of pollution and radiation exposure are all disabled and deformed. The pollution is the direct result of the lavish lifestyle of the rich community known as the Hills, whose residents exploit and harm the valley residents with absolutely no regard for their safety or well-being. So this, this plot premise we see right at the beginning of the show because the big problem in this episode is that the family is going to lose their insurance because they've had to use so much of their insurance like that year so far because you know all their family is like 
deformed and sick and stuff. Really interesting show because you don't see this in a lot of shows. Like everyone almost on the show had a disability, at least in terms of like all the main characters besides the rich people. And yeah, it's literally like the rich boss is like yelling at the poor guy like, you, you can't use any more insurance. Otherwise, like you're, you're off your plan completely. And even though it's that rich guy who's making it so that they have to use the insurance, it's just very silly. But yeah, I guess the overall the synopsis for this episode is while Bob searches for a second job to pay for excessive medical expenses, Milo, their son, falls in love with Debbie, who is actually an alien. Really fun episode. It's a, it's a great episode of this series. And if you've never seen this show before, it has lots of big voice actors like Will Ferrell as the dad, Gene Smart as the mom, Pamela Adlon, who you might know as like Bobby Hill from King of the Hill. She does Milo, the main character here. The Sklar brothers are on there. And Billy West is on there as well, to name a few. So lots of big voice actors. I think that's why WB did this show after they canceled Mission Hill, because it's like, oh, well, this show at least has famous voice actors. You know, Will Ferrell was getting a little big at the time too he wasn't like at his at his peak but he was still he was still well known at this point so maybe that's why they tried to make this show but just like mission hill the wb fucking canned it before it was done so that's this night guys we have home movies lewis lectures finkel files c-lab 2021 aqua teen brack show space ghost the ripping friends and the oblongs man lewis lectures and finkel files i understand why i never heard of those until now or until doing this podcast rather because they were only one episode right but i'd never heard of the ripping friends until researching for this one i'm really not familiar with that show that's enough jibber jabber and that's enough talking finally after uh half an hour let's get into this episode of aqua teen hunger force dumber dolls Dumber Dolls airing November 3rd, 2002. It originally was rated TVPG for language and violence, but is now rated TV14, which makes sense. It's kind of a dark episode, especially because it has references to self-mutilation and just all the depressing things that Happy Time Harry talks about. As for the name and the genesis of this episode, according to the Aqua Teen Hunger Force fandom wiki, a September 2017 bump explained the origin of Dumber Dolls. And here's the bump. Many of the early Aqua Teen Hunger Force scripts were inspired by rejected Space Ghost coast-to-coast scripts, like the one where Space Ghost falls in love with a musical doll that dances into a roaring fireplace to get away from him. That script was universally hated, then years later reborn as Dumber Dolls. So that totally makes sense, because Aqua Teen itself originated from a rejected Space Ghost script, so it makes sense that Matt and Dave would reuse ideas they had for that show that weren't accepted on the show because they were in charge of Aqua Teen, so they got to make those decisions. I assume the name comes from the fact that it was called Dumb Dolls or something like that, and then they're like, oh, this is even dumber because they made it dumber. That's just my guess. It's probably like a writer thing, but maybe it's a reference to something else. Also of note here, we have MC Chris as a production assistant. So last episode, I said MC Chris didn't do a whole lot with Aqua Teen. Turns out I was kind of wrong. He was a production assistant on 25 episodes, but I still kind of stand by what I said because in his interview, he said like he really wanted to work with Dave Willis, which he did, but he was a writer on C-Lab. He wrote on Brack Show, at least on the episode I covered for this week's Patreon. So I assume he wanted to be more than a PA and he never really got there outside of episodes that he voice acted on, which was still quite a few. It's not like he did nothing with the show, but it's just a bummer that he didn't get to work on it in a bigger capacity than that he was able to. 
I should shout out the other production assistant on this episode, John Breston, who went on to become an editor on Aqua Teen Hunger Force in the later seasons, as well as on 12 Ounce Mouse. So yeah, John put in his work. He PA'd on a lot of these early episodes and he got to come back and have more of a hands-on approach to the show, which is really cool. All right. So our Dr. Weird sketch here, I'm not going to play it because not a whole lot happens in it. It's a lot of silence. You get Dr. Weird saying, gentlemen, behold, my space-time content, and then he freezes. He stops moving. He stops speaking. He just The character just freezes completely like mid-sentence. And then Steve says, what? Uh, Dr. Weird. And then he hits him. Dr. Weird falls over and breaks into a bunch of pieces, which is kind of a cool CGI effect that they do for this. But again, you can't obviously see it through the podcast. So yeah, Dr. Weird breaks because Steve broke him because he knocked him over. And then Steve just says, see you later. Have a good weekend. He runs out. That's the whole thing. Nothing to do with this episode as we were getting a few episodes ago. So yeah, just nothing at all to do with the episode of Aqua Teen. Not one of the best Dr. Weird skits, but it is what it is. So we open to the main episode here and we have Meatwad playing with Vanessa and Dewey, his dolls. Uh, we talked about them in the episode seven, Old Drippy. Vanessa does not have hair or a mustache in this episode, unlike in Old Drippy where she did have like hair drawn on and a mustache. Again, Vanessa is an apple and Dewey is a toilet paper roll and it's established in Old Drippy that they are married and go on space adventures together. Meatwad is acting out a little adventure here on the grass planet and then Shake just can't let this happen. Let's hear how this plays out. Houston, we have successfully landed on grass planet. Hooray! Roger that, Vanessa. We have come to sign a historic peace accord with the grass people. The grass and <laughs> Houston, a ship approaches. Maybe it's the senators of the grass and confederation coming to welcome us. <laughs> <laughs> so Shake obliterating these two characters with the lawnmower, turning them into mulch. Visually, I really like this scene. I like the way it's set up because the grass just looks so great. When we zoom in, we can see it's basically a bunch of green squiggles. But when we pull back, it looks really nice. I think that they did really well for how low budget the show is. So interesting thing is on the Volume 3 DVD, there is a three-minute clip of Dave and Matt and sound designer Roy Clements working on getting the audio for this scene. So I've actually uploaded this to YouTube if you don't have the DVD Check the link in the show notes and you can see the video of them capturing this audio live. Basically, it's Dave Willis with his lawnmower. They're at his house with a, a mic set up outside. They're just fucking around with the lawnmower, dulling the blades because they're just running over potatoes and paper scraps, basically. And for the actual take used in this episode, it's just a bunch of potatoes. They, they think they're going overboard with it, but it's actually the take that they end up using, which I find interesting. I assume their decision to use potatoes over apples is because potatoes are cheaper, I suppose, than a, than a bunch of apples. So yeah, that, that's my guess there. I really wonder if Dave Willis would have gotten compensated if this broke his lawnmower because you're not supposed to use this for this purpose, but they did and it turned out great. I think the sound design is really fantastic here. And to talk about Roy Clements really quick, the sound designer on the show. He worked on the first 49 episodes from 2000 to 2004. And he also worked on Space Ghost and C-Lab in those sound departments for various things. But it looks like he didn't really do a whole lot until 2019. He did a TV series, The Rent is Always Due. But outside of that, I'm not seeing a whole lot on his IMDb page. So I wonder what happened with Roy. 
Also, I'm not really sure why they included this footage on the Volume 3 DVD, which is the second Season 2 DVD, because they had to split it up because there were so many episodes, instead of just throwing it here onto Volume 1 for Season 1. But uh, hey, at least we got it at all, right? So again, check the show notes for the link to my YouTube where I uploaded it. It's an unlisted video, so you have to access it through the show notes. You can't just go to my YouTube if you follow it. Back to the episode, Shake is going to rub it in Meatwad's face what he just did, and we have a great back and forth between the two. Hey, you better tell your astronauts they need to watch where they land their ship next time, because they might get overrun by the alien life form. <laughs> they don't got no ship. They use rocket boots. They don't use nothing now, do they? Who shut up? I'm going to have a moment of silence for our brave astronauts. Hey, you better hit the force fields there, because here on Moeropolis, you're next. <laughs> Shake chasing Meatwad around the front yard now with the mower. And funny that they have a mower. He's so quick to use it when their grass is so shaggy, their yard is unkempt. That little patch that Shake mode is the most that we really ever see at mode. <laughs> Some great visual effect on the now mode Dewey and Vanessa all over the spot that Shake just planted the mower. Meatwad reveals that Dewey and Vanessa don't have a spaceship. They actually have rocket boots. And I really like Shake saying here on Moeropolis. Just a great, great little play on words there. He's playing into Meatwad's fantasy. Last thing I want to point out is how rusted the mower is, which is great. I assume that they just found it on the side of the road or something like that. But again, they don't really seem to use it very often. So we instantly cut to the next scene. Great pacing. We are back at Powerpuff Mall. This is our third time visiting there, at least our, our third episode visiting. First, it was in Rabot. Then it was in episode four, Mayhem of the Moon Knights, when they go to the electronics store. And now we're going to the doll store. Hot diggity doll, as mentioned in Old Drippy. This is where Old Drippy was supposed to go. And of course, note the rabot sized hole in the wall. Some great continuity. Always get a little chuckle out of that. So yeah, let's head over to Powerpuff Mall. Hot diggity doll, the best doll store in town. And then he's shouting that my astronauts were living together in sin and that they deserve to be mulched. <laughs> then he's just jabbing and cranking the mower out. Oh, it's all right, Meatwad. We're going to get you a new doll. Well, then give me that ginger belly. That's the one I want with the musket and the moonshine and the night vision goggle <laughs> and the bare feet. Damn. Say, how about this doll? I bet he's fun. And he's only $3.99. Happy time, ho. I don't know. Does it come with a musket? Is that the big deal, Brother? No, but he's got on red dancing glitter shoes, and I know how much you like to dance. Oh no, he looks real tired. I'm bald. Look, this is the one we're gonna get, okay? As every Powerpuff Mall shot, we can see as the image zooms in to establish the shot. At the very beginning of the frame, there's black bars around the image of the Powerpuff Mall because it was taken from a different ratio, I assume, and then they just throw it into this show. So, kind of a funny little touch there. According to the Aqua Teen Hunger Force wiki, the song playing over the PA at the mall is Sunday Will Never Be the Same by Spanky and Our Gang. But I went and listened to that song and it didn't really sound like it was from that at all. Maybe that's like a Muzak rendition of the song, but I couldn't seem to find that. And while somewhat similar, I didn't find the melodies to really be the same. So I'm not really sure who added that. Of course, there's no citation but yeah, I'm not really sure if it is really Sunday. will never be the same, but that's what the wiki says. You can listen to the song and make your own decision there. I do really like this song that plays, though. It's I, I'm kind of a sucker for this music, this elevator music. It's always, it's always putting me in a good mood. I'm really fond of Hot Diggity Doll. I really like the background that Bob Pettit made for this 
very colorful, all sorts of colorful boxes lining the walls. At the very top, we can see Hot Diggity Doll on the, on the back wall of the store. It's in a fun, wacky font. So hanging from the ceiling, we have some banners for some dolls. So at the, at the top left, we have a, a weird woman doll. It's kind of strange looking. Next to that, we have a sign that says, Coming soon, Action Frank. It's some sort of 1800s Sherlock Holmes looking guy with a cane. And then next to that, there's just a sign that says, Sale, sale. And then on the far back aisle, we can see... I, I, I can make out the word red, and then I can't make out the rest of it. It's some little red doll... Underneath that is some sort of green-looking alien doll in a yellow box. Underneath that is a blue, maybe horse kind of character in a blue box. The signage here says that these are 1995. And then on that end cap, we have a bear. I can't make out the sign, but it is $29.99. It's back something bear, but the image is too low quality for me to really make it out. But yeah, it's, it's a teddy bear in a green box. And then underneath that is the strange woman doll I mentioned on the big banner in a pink box. And then on the end cap of the aisle that Meatwad and Frylock are looking at, there's also that teddy bear doll. Maybe it says backdoor bear. That might be what it says. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. And then at the aisle they're looking at, there's Jiggle Billy for $14.95. And then Happy Time Harry, who is now on sale, reduced from $49.95 to $3.99. And Frylock is really into that because this is a family that does not have a lot of money. When they zoom into Meatwad when he's talking, the dolls on the shelves are really low res. But then when they pick up like the Jigglebilly doll, it is nice and crisp. We can make out every word. Well, at least on the front, not on the side. But yeah, the Jigglebilly doll, it's from Stereotyke, I believe it says. It says ages five years and up, Jigglebilly action doll, real jiggle action, working squirrel musket... <laughs> <laughs> a real musket for a child five and up and corn squeezins jug and then on the bottom right it says now with night vision goggles and he it's the character wearing night vision goggles just like uh, tom clancy splinter cell video game cover the side says jiggle billy and it's his face it's also the stereotype logo and then there's some text but it's way too small for me to possibly make out then we see jiggle billy through the box and it's you know it's jiggle billy he's a he's a hillbilly with a piece of wheat sticking out of his mouth or some sort of long grass type thing. He has a jug with three X's on it, no shoes on, red shirt, some blue pants that are patched together and then held up with a rope or some sort. And he's wearing a cowboy hat or some sort of frontiersman hat. And of course, he has his long gray beard as well as big bushy gray eyebrows and a musket, his working squirrel musket. You can't forget that. But it's $149.95, way too much for a doll, for a child, for Meatwad, especially with Master Shake, who will probably just break any toy they get for him. So as I mentioned, Frylock is, is drawn to this doll that is on clearance, Happy Time Harry, ages five and up. It's a very sunny box, but then the character inside is, is a balding man with scars on his body. He's only wearing underwear, boxers, and he has red shoes on that we can see, like red glittery shoes. Just a very strange juxtaposition between these two. The box is mostly blue, but there's like a beautiful green meadow with a unicorn and a rainbow and a fish jumping out of a, a river and birds and it's, the sun is shining and happy time harry is written almost in like a 60s flowery font i believe on the side of the box it says warning choking hazard watch out you which is funny uh, i see again that's that, that seems to be what it says on the top right of the box there is a little a little flashy now without hand he's missing a hand that's a selling point for happy time harry at the bottom right it says Magic red dancing glitter shoes. 
Meatwad isn't as thrilled about this doll, but it's the one that he's going to get. Unfortunate that Frylock wanted to get him this cheapest doll possible because, as I mentioned, there were $19.99 and even $29.99 dolls in the other aisle. They, they should have probably gotten one of those based on how this episode is about to go. But all right, they purchased Happy Time Harry. That's the doll Meatwad's getting, and let's see him interact with this new doll. Hey, I'm Happy Time Harry. You got a problem with that? Cause we'll go right now. I just think we do some dance on our song. No, I don't do that. I wrenched my back lifting boxes a few years ago. My old lady kicked me out because her sister was coming on to me. Goodness, was she attractive? Uh, you know, I don't know. I was passed out, so... That's a sad story. Yeah. <laughs> the characters just looking at each other here after me says that's a sad story a lot to unpack here in this very short clip so first and foremost we have the unmistakable voice of david cross uh stand-up comedian actor director and writer and he's probably best known for both mr show which he was on from 1995 to 1999 a sketch comedy show with Bob Odenkirk, but featured lots of high-profile people like Sarah Silverman, Paul F. Tompkins, Jack Black, Tom Kenny, Brian Posehn, lots of people that you've probably seen, uh, and Dino Stamatopoulos, who went on to do Moral Oral. But yeah, a year after this episode debuts, David Cross will also be on Arrested Development, which is a huge show, a show I really like. It's super smart. The first three seasons are great. Very tight and smart writing and something that was always on the verge of being canceled because it didn't really become fully appreciated until it came out on DVD and then later on streaming because you need to watch everything in order for it to make sense. And yeah, in the, in the early 2000s, this wasn't super common at the time. Of course, there were some shows doing it, but you know, it was definitely not the norm. Not like today where you have most people watching TV on Netflix or Hulu or whatever where you can watch it all in order. Arrested Development definitely doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you don't watch it in the right way. David Cross, actually from Atlanta, Georgia, which makes sense he would work with these guys. He was also featured on Space Ghost earlier. So he's he's no stranger to working with these Adult Swim guys. But yeah, he started out as a stand-up comic, really, alongside people like Janine Garofalo and Louis C.K. He started performing at comedy club chain Catch a Rising Star. He went on to form Cross Comedy with 12 other performers. And from Wikipedia, they were known for playing tricks on the audience, such as introducing fake comics or planting fake hecklers. I believe I talked about Cross Comedy earlier when we talked about H. John Benjamin, because they're buddies. But Cross has gone on to do a lot of comedy albums. I, I love basically all, the, all of his stand-up work. It's very funny. I didn't really get it at first because he has a very kind of lax approach to stand-up in a way. The way he just speaks to me was not like how a comedian talks on stage, but he's grown to become one of my favorites. I listen to his albums all the time, and he's also done a lot of voice acting work. For example, he was in King of the Hill, Family Guy, and Futurama. And just real quick, I want to mention in terms of other Adult Swim stuff, he was on Home Movies, Tom Goes to the Mayor, Tim and Eric's Awesome Show, Great Job, and then outside of Adult Swim was on things like Wonder Showsin and Dr. Katz. And of course, this episode is not the only episode that David Cross was on of Aqua Teen. He came back again as Happy Time Harry in the season two episode, The Last One, and then in 2008 was in the episode Bible Fruit as Burt Banana. And all of these he is credited as Sir Willops Brycelymore. He's not credited as David Cross, but we all know it's David Cross. Okay, so that's enough about him. Uh, back to the scene, we're in Meatwad's room, and I love seeing that Harry is about the size of Meatwad uh, height-wise, so it's kind of cool to see Meatwad's got some friends his size finally. We start off with Harry introducing himself and then instantly his missing hand where that is, a switchblade comes out and he points it at Meatwad and he's like, you got a problem with that? 
And then he threatens to fight Meatwad, but Meatwad's like, hey, man, I just want to do some dancing. Happy time Harry points out, no, I don't do that. I wrenched my back lifting boxes a few years ago, which totally relatable for me, I guess. I, I uh, never thought I would grow up to, in a way, be like happy time Harry. He also reveals how he got kicked out of his house. His wife's sister was coming on to him. And I love Beatwad saying, oh, goodness, was she attractive? <laughs> and Happy Time Harry reveals more about his character saying, I don't know if she was attractive because he was passed out. Beatwad says, that's a sad story. <laughs> Happy Time says, yeah. And then they just look at each other. So that, that's that whole scene. Really, really tight, smart writing. I really enjoy this. And then we have a little bit more to go here. So I'm I'm looking in that box and I'm noticing you ain't got no uh, missile launcher or sniper rifle or anything. No, no, I don't have a firearm. I just got these action bills. <laughs> oh, that sound like fun. Uh, let's go swimming. You know that might chill you up. Oh yeah, swimming sounds like a really fun idea. Why don't you go swimming? I gotta take a nap. All right, get me up at midnight because I gotta go to work. <laughs> Again, the parallels between Happy Time Harry and me say, get me up at nine o'clock. I got to go to work. <laughs> oh, God, that's depressing. It's revealed that Happy Time Harry has action bills, which actually weren't advertised on the box. So that's pretty sweet that it comes with additional accessories that weren't even advertised on the box. We didn't even know about those. Because Happy Time Harry is so small, when they do a zoom in for him to talk, you really see how pixelated the background gets, which I like. It's it's funny, and there's nothing they could really do about it. Not a whole lot more to say about that scene. Just Meatwad is not having a good time with his new doll, so he goes out into the living room to do something else because Happy Time Harry needs to sleep. Hey, Meatwad, how's that old Happy Time Harry? Hey, pipe down. Shh, quiet, Frylock. He's still sleeping. What? Well, Meatwad, it's four in the afternoon. Maybe you should get him up and go play outside or something. Nah, he said he's going to spend the rest of the day figuring out how he's going to pay his bills. Oh, so he's got little doll bills, huh? That's cute. Shut Not really. Up. He says it don't matter how hard you work or how much you do. You're always going to be in the hole. And sometimes he says, get out of my face. You got a problem with that. I'll cut you. He says all that? <laughs> yeah. And his medicine costs a lot of money, too. Well, then I'll tell you what. Here's a check for $1 million in fun money. I bet that would make him really happy. Yeah, maybe this will put a dent in it. I sure thank you. And I know he does, too. So Frylock, on a post-it note, just writing $1 million, and then sticks the post-it note to Meatwad's head, which is great. I really, really like that. Because Meatwad has arms, but they haven't really been utilizing them a whole lot in these past few episodes. So whenever they just put stuff on Meatwad, it's really funny. Before that, though, we see Meatwad really absorbing the people he hangs out with. He's kind of becoming a little depressed in the way that he's repeating Happy Time Harry, such as... He says it don't matter how hard you work or how much you do, you're always going to be in the hole. Stuff like that. And and this will continue throughout the episode. Miwad gets really down in the dumps because of this bad influence on him. Just like he became a bad boy when the Moon Knights came for the first time. Frylock was in the living room watching TV and I tried to make out what he was watching, but all I could really see are just people kind of walking around, prancing around. I don't doubt that they made these in-universe TV shows for the show, but I don't think anything really happens in them. It's not commented on in the show, and I can't find the clips that they use, so not a whole lot I can say, unfortunately. I really wanted to see what was going on on the TV, but couldn't really make it out since it's at an angle. There's some great yelling from David Cross in the other room, yelling like, shut up and stuff. He's trying to sleep, and any sort of talking is bothering him. I guess their walls are paper thin. But all right, yeah, Meatwad revealed that Happy Time Harry needs his medicine is expensive, 
So Frylock writes him the check for a million dollars, but it's just a post-it note. Meatwad says, I sure thank you. And I know he does too. And then, so Meatwad is rolling back to his room to give the check for a million dollars to Happy Time Harry. You think this is a game? Yes. I mean, do you, do you think I live in pretend land? I should. What's gonna make you happy? Pills. Okay? Give me some pills. So Happy Time Harry, not pleased with this fucking joke. It's just a post and this is a million dollars. It's not a game. And he reveals to Meatwad he needs pills. So Meatwad goes back to Frylock to get some pills. Frylock, where are the pills? Pills? <laughs> what do you need pills for? Well, Happy Time Harry needs them. He says that the pills make the phone calls go away. Okay, Meatwad. This is a prescription from Dr. Frylock for jolly sunshine happiness. Why, you think this is a game? They gonna garnish his wages, and how is he gonna pay child support then, huh? I tell you, he ain't. I don't think I like your tone, and I damn sure don't like your doll. Meatwad explains to Frylock that pills make the phone calls go away for Happy Time Harry. So Frylock writes up another post-it note on the top. It says RX, and then jolly sunshine happiness, 30 milligrams. And then Dr. Frylock, he does his signature. It's kind of a chicken scratchy, like a stereotypical doctor signature. And Meatwad just says, you think this is a game? So straight up repeating Happy Time Harry, explaining how they're going to garnish Harry's wages. And then how is he going to pay child support then, huh? Frylock does not like this doll. He doesn't like the influence he's having on Meatwad. So Frylock is about to go confront Happy Time Harry in Meatwad's room. What's this I hear about you needing pills and money? Oh, God. Oh, my God. You reek of liquor. <laughs> hey, let's open the window. Look, man, all you had was root beer and triple sex. I was gonna make margaritas with that. Oh, man, you had tequila the whole time? Well, where the... Where is it? Meanwhile, I thought this was a happy time dancing doll. <laughs> nah, dude. I have to get totally ripped to dance. Yeah. kind of as soon as Frylock comes in to tell Happy Time Harry off, he instantly starts just vomiting all over the floor. Meatwad says, not on the rug, even though the rug is burnt up and there's all sorts of nasty stuff in it anyways. Frylock points out that Happy Time Harry reeks of liquor and Happy Time Harry reveals that he drank the root beer and triple sec that Frylock had. Triple sec is an orange flavored liqueur. So that mixed with root beer, I don't know if it would be good or not. It sounds kind of gross to me though, so I don't think that's a great combination. I think Happy Time Harry would have been better just drinking the triple sec by itself. But I could be wrong. Maybe that does taste good together. I don't know. Meatwad says how Happy Time Harry is kind of dull. He's just not having a good time. Poor Meatwad just wanted a doll and he has to deal with all this shit. That clip ended with Happy Time Harry vomiting again and passing out. So let's go back to Meatwad's room and see how Frylock and Meatwad are reacting to this. Flip him over. That's how Hendrix died. Nah, just leave him. This is going to die soon in the road. <laughs> what kind of attitude is that? Why don't you open your eyes and take a look at the world around you, man? You can see there ain't no point. Tomorrow, I'm getting you a new dial with a sunnier attitude. Hey, man, while you're there, you get me that happy time dialysis machine, all right? Dialysis? <laughs> yeah. I had half my liver removed once, and I'm not supposed to drink, but I do. Meatwad getting dark, saying happy time Harry's just going to die anyways. Why bother flipping him over? Frylock not wanting Happy Time Harry to choke on his own vomit, which is what happened to Hendrix and has happened to a lot of other rock stars. Looking at a list here, it's kind of crazy because I'm 28 now, so it's like, damn, dude, I'm older than all these people were when they died. But some some members of the 27 Club, besides Jimi Hendrix, are uh, a month later after he passed away. Janis Joplin died at 27. Jim Morrison died at 27 in 1971. Then, of course, there's Kurt Cobain, who we talked about earlier in this episode, dying in 1994 at the age of 27. 
and someone big in the past decade was Amy Winehouse. I, I, I suppose this was now just over a decade ago, but yeah, Amy Winehouse dead at 27. So lots of very talented people dying way too soon. But I don't think that Happy Time Harry would fall into this group, not only because he's not 27, but because he doesn't really seem to uh, offer much of anything at all. Frylock is, is fed up. He says, all right, I'm going to go get you a new dial tomorrow, Meatwad. And Happy Time Harry says, while you're there, can you get me the Happy Time dialysis machine? <laughs> because he had to have half his liver removed and he's not supposed to drink, but he does. As Frylock exits the room, Shake is standing there with a blowtorch. He's ready to rejoin the episode and he's going to terrorize Meatwad and his new doll. The villagers are frightened. They need a sacrifice to the mighty gorilla. You must have something else. No, you done destroyed everything. What about if I do this to the carpet, huh? <laughs> How you like that one? Hey, who is this jackass? Can somebody tell him I'm trying to sleep? That's just my jackass room, my Oh, is that your new doll? Your dancing doll, huh? You'll be dancing, all right, buddy, inside the flame, because I'm taking you. <laughs> uh-huh, okay. Okay. We all gonna die. Well, look, he's in my hand right now, and he's going away, and he's never coming back. <laughs> Are you sleeping? I'm saying it, okay? Just take him out and do him. Shake runs in to terrorize everybody, and he starts burning the holes in Meatwad's carpet, which explains why Meatwad's carpet is so messed up. There's holes all over it. And also in these scenes, we get great shots of the juice on Meatwad's wall, as well as Meatwad's crayons on the ground, which he, I assume, uses to make the drawings on his walls. So yeah, Shake starts burning holes in the carpet, and then Happy Time Harry, that wakes him up and says, Hey, who's this jackass? Will somebody tell him I'm trying to sleep? And I love Meatwad just parrots him saying, that's my jackass roommate. <laughs> I always I always love when Meatwad just starts copying people like this. Shake then threatens to burn the doll and Meatwad doesn't care. He tells Shake just to take him out and do it. And you can tell already Shake is not really having fun because the whole point of it is to terrorize Meatwad. And if Meatwad isn't terrorized or upset by this, then Shake is gaining nothing from it. He doesn't care about the mindless destruction it's it's emotionally abusing meatwad is is what he's here for and it's not working so they are now outside shake has the blowtorch he's ready to mess with happy time harry or at least so he thinks go ahead man let's do this thing i told you i'd do it i'm gonna do it now <laughs> hey meatwad look at this come to the window big time fun you know what i mean <laughs> okay dude i just did all the prep work now let's get it on do it Shoot, I, I mean, I was just going to sort of blow your jaw off with a firecracker or something. I wasn't going to, you know, <laughs> I think I need to go pray. Happy time, Harry, while Shake is standing there like, I'm going to do it. He starts dousing himself in gasoline and just kind of using reverse psychology on Shake. But I don't think intentionally because happy time, Harry, I think really doesn't care if it happens or not. But Shake is just really freaked out by all this because he's always used to facing resistance to his actions and again that's what he likes he likes the resistance he likes going against what people want and when someone actually wants him to do this thing it just makes him uncomfortable because it's so strange he doesn't know how to cope with it or process it and funny how shake is like oh i wasn't really gonna melt you i was just gonna blow your jaw off with a firecracker or something which i think is worse but also he didn't care about destroying meatwad's other toys he didn't care about eating Old Drippy, for example, but when it comes to somebody as deranged as Happy Time Harry, who isn't afraid of death, Shake doesn't know how to cope with that. And this is kind of similar to the previous episode where Shake was kind of 
distraught or put off by how Frylock blew up MCP pants, I believe the trope is even evil has its limits. Here, we see him reaching his limits again. He does have some boundaries, and we've definitely crossed it here. So Shake left to go pray, and now Happy Time Harry is back inside going back to Meatwad's room where Meatwad is hanging out. Hey, that milkshake's got no guts, man. <laughs> Your Happy Time just being around you kind of makes me want to die. <laughs> Real short clip there. Meatwad fully depressed and funny little walk animation for Happy Time Harry. This is, I think, the only time we see him move. Of course, they're not going to animate an actual walk cycle for him if he only moves one time in the episode. So literally what they're doing with his character is just moving him up and down and his body is slightly out of frame. So you don't see it. But I mean, you can see his thighs. His thighs aren't moving. He's just moving up and down and going across. It's kind of wild how cheap the show is. I, I kind of forget sometimes, but it, it's more charming, I think. Honestly, when I see the newer Aqua Teen episodes and... For example, Carl has way more animations. It just looks strange to me. I like these simplified ones. It's got heart to it, and they didn't need fancy animations to make the show really good. So moving on with the episode, Frylock comes into the room, and he has Jiggle Billy. He got me what the doll he wanted. Of note here, though, is Jiggle Billy is not in the box. Frylock is just carrying the doll in. Makes me wonder if either he stole it or he bought it secondhand or something like that. But there's no Jiggle Billy box. But I don't think Meatwad is the type to necessarily care. Hey, you guys, look who showed up. We have a visitor. Well, Tarnation, I'm Jiggle Billy. And look, he brought his expensive night vision goggles for night jiggling. Come on, y'all. Commence to jiggling. Yeah, <laughs> swing your partner around and around. <laughs> well, I'll leave y'all alone. Looks like y'all are going to have yourselves a rootin' tootin' jiggle off. As Jiggle Billy is there, Meatwad and Happy Time Harry are just sitting there with their eyes closed. Happy Time Harry is laying down, I guess, and Meatwad is just standing in his normal form with his eyes closed. Neither of them care about Jiggle Billy. We hear Jiggle Billy speak. I assume that's Dave Willis. It kind of has the quality of his voice, but I could be wrong about that. There's no credit for who Jiggle Billy is. But you can hear he's a happy-go-lucky character. The doll that Meatwad should have gotten in the first place. He is on like a base that allows him to jiggle. He's not free-moving like Happy Time Harry is, which is kind of a shock because he's so expensive. But still, Jiggle Billy is in the mix. And let's see how Happy Time Harry and Meatwad react to him. We jiggling or... <laughs> hey, backwoods retard. Not now, not ever. Okay, nap time! Jiggle Billy says nap time and just starts jiggling again. Neither of the characters care about Jiggle Billy, which goes to show how quickly Meatwad is influenced by other people because he really wanted Jiggle Billy the day previous, or this might even be the same day, and now he literally does not care whatsoever. Jiggle Billy and David Cross here drop in what is now known as the R word. Kind of surprising to hear that on a cartoon. Of course, you won't really hear that anymore. But back back in 2002 and up until probably like 2015, maybe, everyone was saying that, man. It was definitely a, a word of the times. I try myself not to say it anymore because I'm friends with somebody who worked with mentally disabled people and would just hear all sorts of stories how they would get really upset when they hear that word. So um, yeah, it's not really hard for me for me not to use it anymore these days. Some people still do. I mean, it's whatever. It's not like it offends me personally. But if I could just not say a word that would upset people really deeply, then uh, what do I really care? Plus, 
I kind of associate saying that as like a kid back in the day, but I don't really care otherwise. But again, it was just kind of shocking to hear it <laughs> said so blatantly on a TV show because it's been kind of so long since I really heard someone use that word. And it actually reminds me of how on Only Sunny in Philadelphia, they would use that word all the time, even in titles and stuff. And the creators have since gone back and said that they regret it. It's going so far as in a newer episode when they were showing flashbacks, they even bleeped that word out, which was really something. People think that these Always Sunny guys are actually really offensive and stuff, but really they're just kind of making fun of those kinds of people, which is, I guess, a different discussion. And I know there's going to be somebody like, oh, are you, why are you talking about this? Who cares? Like, I'm not going to not address it again, just because like when I hear it, I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> but anyways, back to the episode. Meatwad and Jiggle Billy and Happy Time Harry are outside on a little play date. And the perspective here on the characters is really quite strange. They have Meatwad on the sidewalk, but from how far he is away from the house and how big we can see him through the window, he, he must be huge for this to, to happen. And then both of the dolls are pretty large in the window. They're supposed to be closer, but like this is the only way they can really go about having them not be minuscule. Because if they were on the sidewalk with Meatwad, they'd be so tiny, it'd be hard for the viewer to know what's really going on. But I really find the perspective interesting. They're outside playing, and Shake and Frylock are inside talking about Happy Time Harry. You think they're getting along out there? Yeah, look! I mean, they're just playing. They're just having fun. You know how dolls are. They're always having tea parties or something. Drinking tea and... Oh, goodness. No, that's no tea party. <laughs> Maybe I should go out there. Frylock, you stay far away from that doll with the red shoes if you know what's good for you. So the big disrupt there, I should have mentioned at the beginning, was as Jiggle Billy's jiggling, then Happy Time Harry's Twitchblade comes out and he points it at Jiggle Billy and everyone is just kind of shocked. And that's where we see again that Shake is made uncomfortable by this doll, which is something we do not see often. Hearing Shake say, oh goodness, is just not really in line with his character. But in this instance, I actually find it funny that they're going against what we'd expect his character to do. Even he's freaked out by this. So yeah, Frylock, Shake, they do not like Happy Time Harry. They're watching through the window. Let's go outside and see what's going on firsthand with these characters. You know, sometimes I like to take this knife and just cut myself. See how hard I can do it before I just pass out, man. <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Well! Uh, Command Sir Daglin, huh? Hey, Wiggle Jiggle, let me ask you something. Why you dance so much? I don't know! Is it because deep inside, you know that you're a fraud? That you're a lie? That you're a sham? No, I, I ju just... Come on! Everybody likes to jiggle! This so far is probably the darkest Aqua Teen scene that we get. And this is probably the darkest episode that we get as well. Again, I haven't seen every single episode, so I could be wrong. But off the top of my head, there's one other episode that's pretty dark, which I'll discuss it when we get to that. Really disturbing from Happy Time Harry, though, discussing how he cuts himself and sees how hard he can do it until he passes out. And definitely makes sense why they decided to give this one a TV-14 rating over a tv PG rating because little kids probably shouldn't see stuff like this. I, I know I did, and I'm sure a lot of you guys did, but definitely not the same as, say, Escape from Leprechopolis in terms of their ratings <laughs> with each other. So this actually marks the first TV-14 episode that doesn't feature the Moon and Knights. Happy Time Harry really trying to give Jiggle Billy an existential crisis, making him question who he is, why he does what he does, because as a doll... You know, you're kind of programmed to do this one thing. 
And he's just making Jiggle Billy realizes that this is like a dark Toy Story. That's what this is. This is Toy Story for adults. So this scene actually kind of keeps going on. But in the meantime, Shake comes out to tell Meatwad that he has a phone call. So Meatwad leaves and Happy Time Harry gets a little bit more aggressive with Jiggle Billy. Phone call for Meatwad. Very important. Hey, man, you know why you came in that box, right? It's because someone put you there to die. <laughs> now that ain't true now. I got, I got me these nine vision goggles. For what? You're a hillbilly. You don't even know who you are, do you? Look at you. You're a clown. You're a joke. I don't know why I have these goggles. Happy time, Harry, hitting the goggles off of Jiggle Billy's face. And Jiggle Billy really is starting to take in what Happy Time Harry is saying. He is visibly becoming depressed. Happy Time Harry is just ruining everyone's lives around him. And then we cut inside. Shake is almost like a deus ex machina here, pulling us out of this dark scene, trying to play a prank on Meatwad. But since Meatwad is all depressed and whatnot, it doesn't really do anything. Plus, it's a lame prank to begin with. I wonder who this is. It sure sounds official. Hello? No, no, thank you. Yeah! I'm, I'm not I sold your name to charity! Take my name off the list. Now you're going to get some calls. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they just keep coming. <laughs> you wish... You wish I never did this. No, I'm, I'm off the list now. Yeah, he's off the list. It's over. Something's going to happen. Why <laughs> won't you get pissed off? Shake is kind of imploding because he can't pick on Meatwad right now. Meatwad isn't giving him what he wants and Shake needs his fix. He needs his meanness fix. Very lame prank trying to sign Meatwad up for something, but Meatwad is just like, yeah, take my name off the list and, and that's it. That's the end of the story. And even so, even it's not like he signed up on Meatwad's cell phone. The, the calls would come to the house, so this would annoy Shake as well if Meatwad was on the list. I doubt Meatwad answers the phone very often by himself. He's probably not allowed to. So just a really strange prank and great little visual bits when Shake goes to hand Meatwad the phone. He just kind of drops it on the ground because Meatwad is on the ground and Shake is kind of up high and they don't want to animate him bending over to give it. So he just it just falls. The phone falls from his hand onto the ground up to Meatwad's ear. <laughs> Very funny. Like these kind of visual things you, you don't get with an expensive show, really, because I doubt they really wanted to do this or intended for this to be funny. But they had to do it. And because of the necessity, it just is so funny. Like you, you find yourself running into these situations that you wouldn't otherwise if you didn't have to do them. Anyways, as quickly as this scene took us out of the happy time, Harry, miserable jamboree, it brings us back into it. As they're standing and talking, they hear a gunshot outside. What was that? I had nothing to do with it, man. He did himself. Because he couldn't stand being with you. <laughs> no, that's something else. Hey, partner, I'm still alive. I'm just real depressed. That's it. You're out of here like last year. Oh, yeah? You got what it takes, man? Huh? Do you? Pull the trigger. Pull it. Pull it now. No, don't do it. That's what he wants. So we're going to do the opposite. Prepare to be immortal. Perspectives here really interesting because we get a zoom in on Jiggle Billy and Happy Time Harry and they look just so small compared to the house but then when we pull out and see all the characters Happy Time Harry is bigger than Meatwad at this point and it's just like strange it's all over the place I mean it's kind of dumb to nitpick but it's really fun to see since I'm speaking of errors there is a pixel on the right side of Shake's face it just kind of like floats next to his body I noticed it earlier in the episode too when he uses the lawnmower we see it but then in other frames we don't see it sometimes so i'm not really sure what the deal with that pixel is but it is there if you'd like to check it out 
And sorry, if it wasn't apparent, Jiggle Billy blew his head off with his musket. Happy Time Harry makes it clear right away that he had nothing to do with it. Jiggle Billy did it himself. And then Happy Time Harry says, because he couldn't stand being with you to meet Waddy. He's just randomly so mean to him. Little joke here of, no, you see this? Look, he's still jiggling. And then Happy Time Harry says, no, that's something else. I suppose it's supposed to be like convulsions or something after blowing your head off. But Jiggle Billy is still alive. He's just really depressed because of Happy Time Harry. Frylock is at his limit. He's had enough. He picks up Jiggle Billy's musket and floats over to Happy Time Harry, who hits him with the do it then, do it. And of course, Frylock can't do it. And that really reminds me of when I was in high school, when I was a freshman in high school, I had long hair. It was past my shoulders, I guess. I don't really have long hair anymore, but yeah. And there was this one kid who was picking on me. I, I, I had my hair back in a ponytail and he's like, I'm going to cut your hair off. He's acting tough in front of everybody. But it was a freshman class. And I, like I said, I was a freshman. All my friends were in that class. We're all like freshmen. He was one of the few sophomores. So like everyone's just like, what the fuck? Because I, I feel like more people probably liked me than him. I mean, he's, he's picking on me for no reason. So I guess you could assume the level of affection he had from the class. And he gets up, like walks over to where the scissors are kept, pretending like he's going to get them. And, and I'm just like, do it, dude. Like scissors are in that, in that drawer. Like grab them. What are you waiting for? And he just like stands there, then just comes and sits back down. <laughs> and I was like, okay, dude. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. I probably should have brought that story up when Shake was threatening to melt Happy Time Harry, because that's a little bit more similar, because Shake was doing it to be malicious. Here, Frylock wants Happy Time Harry gone because he's a bad influence. But yeah, yeah, just remember that story right now. Very funny, because I didn't care. Like, it's just hair. I don't care if you cut my hair off, whatever. And I knew he wasn't going to do it. And I wanted to point it out to everybody. Weird, because if I remember correctly, a couple of years previous, him and I like hung out outside of school once or twice. So it's strange then that he was picking on me, I guess. But as, as, as you heard from the story, it's not like anything happened. It was just strange. He must have had a tough home life or something. I don't know. One of my few bullying stories I'll be able to share. I didn't really get picked on or anything that much in school. I basically got along with everybody. But that one is... The only one I can really remember is definitely my favorite. Very funny. Back to the Aqua Teen episode. So Shake just says that we'll just do the opposite of what he wants. Instead of killing him, we'll make him live forever. And in the next scene here, we are on a cliff. Master Shake is up to the edge and he is holding Happy Time Harry in his hands. You got to chuck him off a cliff? Shake, we could have chucked him off the roof and stayed at home. <laughs> Dude, this is a magic cliff here, like in the Highlander. So you will become the Highlander and you'll roam the earth forever trying to kill yourself. But you won't be able to because you'll be <laughs> immortal. Won't that suck, little man? <laughs> right, so that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't know what to do. No, you're not. I'm doing it. Jake, wait. The Highlander was just a movie, I mean... Oh, Frylock, the Highlander was a documentary and the events happened in real time. So this cliff is magic? Oh, yeah. Big time. I'm doing it now. No, man. Look, you gotta be born a Highlander. You can't just become one. See, he saw the movie too. Well, well, that's right. I know I saw cliffs, okay? And there was lots of magic everywhere. And Mel Gibson. Uh, Braveheart? Hello? Oh, you think you're the expert? Let's see how much your ass knows about flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! That's what I'm talking about. I haven't seen Highlander, but from the discussion in this episode here... Shake thinks that just by falling off of the cliff, you become the Highlander, but really you have to be born that way. Really funny that Shake has this just pop culture reference. Meatwad is buying into what Shake is saying, and he wants to run off the cliff too so that he can be immortal, but Shake stops him. Not out of Shake wanting to protect Meatwad, but because 
he doesn't want Meatwad to become a Highlander. But everyone's just ragging on Shake and he just kind of gets fed up and he just throws Happy Time Harry off the cliff very unceremoniously, just chucks him and he falls down. That is the last we see of Happy Time Harry for this episode. However, Shake is starting to believe his own nonsense. You done? Because that took forever. I am... Oh, I am forever. I am immortal! Shake, no! <laughs> Wait, I'm not immortal here, okay? Hang on, Shake. We'll call for help. No, Tom, the let yeah, go. hurry. I think that the branch will hold for... It's not holding! <laughs> so yeah, Shake just believes his own bullshit, jumps off the cliff, but then gets stuck. His straw gets stuck in a branch that's kind of like growing out the side of the cliff, some sort of bush, I suppose. And that he, that's when he changes his mind. He's like, wait a second, uh, go get help. Meatwad says, tell him to let go. He wants Shake to die. So in the Rabbit episode, I mentioned that there are instances in the show where Frylock having the ability to fly could easily solve a lot of their problems. And this is one of them. He could totally just fly down there and save Shake. Or he can use his ability that he used on Carl in Rabot, where he sent Carl to the home. He could he could grab Shake that way and bring him back up. But they're just like, oh, we'll, we'll go get help or whatever. I wonder if it's supposed to be like Frylock didn't really want to save him. I don't think that's the case. I think that either the writers just didn't think of this or they just really wanted Shake to fall because that's funny and that's what he deserves. But yeah, Shake fell down the cliffside. It looks like quite the drop. They're very high up. And in this next scene, we have Meatwad and Frylock in the pool, ending the episode in the pool as most Aqua Teen episodes. So, I guess the Highlander comes out of traction today. Well, I hope they fixed his eyes. They got messed up pretty bad my fall. Well, the doctors <laughs> gave him some hard plastic replacements, so don't stare at him, okay? He's real self-conscious about it. Okay. So that's, that sound is Shake rolling up in an electric wheelchair. I want to point out before that, though, that Meatwad is in Shake's green dinosaur floaty which is nice to see that he gets to use the children's pool toy so yeah like i said shake rolls up the top of his head is all bandaged up and it's great because his straw is all bandaged as well and he has these giant plastic eyes where his eyes should be and we see him holding a sword as well so let's hear how shake is doing he just got out of traction and i guess he drove his electric wheelchair home i don't know Oh, there you are. are you done? What happened to your eyes? They look real. <laughs> Shut up. There can be only one. <laughs> 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 the mouth. Right off the bat, Meatwad says, Dang, what happened to your eyes? <laughs> Even though Frylock just asked him not to say anything about it, and you hear Frylock saying, Shh. So Frylock trying to be nice to shake. Master Shake, all he has to say that is, shut up, there can be only one. He believes he's the Highlander now. Raises his sword, which promptly gets struck by lightning, which causes him to fall out of the wheelchair. One of his eyes, like, rolls out, and he sets on fire, and then that just leaves us to end the episode with Meatwad saying, we'll be grilling tonight, and that's it. That's the end of Dumber Dolls. A great episode of Aqua Teen, a very fun episode, as the last couple episodes very well-paced. This is the episode I showed a couple months ago when my friend came to visit. She was like, oh, show me an episode of Aqua Teen since you're doing your podcast now. So I showed her and my fiance this episode. Kind of regret it. It's a great episode, a classic episode. But for someone's first Aqua Teen episode, I don't think this is the pick. But for anyone familiar with the show, 
I, I don't know anybody that dislikes this episode. As for my rating, I'm going to give this one five night vision goggles out of five. It's just a classic episode. I can't really find anything wrong with it. Besides the fact that this is our first episode with no Carl, which isn't amazing. But at the same time, I feel like the episode is really strong without him. And I would rather the episode be as it is now than them just include him for the sake of including him. However, having said that, I'm sure they could have worked him in somehow, but that still doesn't influence my decision on giving this a five out of five. I still really love this episode. It would have been fun to see Carl interact with Happy Time Harry, but I'm sure that they discussed it. I'm sure there's a reason this is the first episode without Carl. They probably just couldn't think of any reason to include him, and I'll trust their decision on that. And now, as a huge David Cross fan, it's great to see him on my favorite show. At the time, when I first saw this, I probably didn't really know who he was, but yeah, it's it's cool seeing him in the mix now. Actually, quite recently, I realized he was on another episode of a show I love. He was on an episode of King of the Hill, where Bobby gets into like tarot cards at first, and I always loved that episode as a kid, mainly because as a kid, I really liked trading cards. I, I liked Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and all that good stuff. So any cartoon episode with cards, I was a fan of. Even though Tarot Cards is not a trading card game, I liked that episode. And come to find out, David Cross plays the nerdy wizard guy in that episode, which I didn't know until maybe a year or two ago. So as I said earlier, he's all over the place. And it's fun to see Aqua Teen do such a dark episode for a show that so far has not really been that dark a good change of pace, and they find a lot of humor in these dark moments that they didn't really get the opportunity to do beforehand that I'm sure influences future episodes because there are future dark episodes that I doubt they would have ever done if it wasn't for the success of this one. I forgot to mention it in the last episode, but we are now over halfway through season one of Aqua Teen. It's flying by. Next week, we're covering episode 11 out of 18. And yeah, guys, I just really want to thank you for all the support so far. It's really been great. It's been great getting to connect with you guys. As I said, please check out the Patreon. Even if you don't want to sign up, check it out. Enjoy the work I put into it, even just visually, because like I said, there's, there's Aqua Team quotes and pictures and stuff. You'll probably get a kick out of it, even if you don't sign up. But if you do want to sign up, that's amazing. That is patreon.com slash dancing is forbidden or check the show notes. And like I said, there is an exclusive podcast episode in there right now of me covering the Brack shows, Brack Streets, which was a lot of fun. So you can hear that at the $5 level. I'm in the process of getting all this stuff together, like a Discord for us, which you can join, check the show notes, even if you're not a Patreon member. But we will start doing watch parties if you guys are interested in that. And I'm working on like stickers and all this fun stuff. So yeah, thank you guys so much. It's really been wonderful doing the show with or without financial support. I'll keep doing it because I love it. But like I said, I'm coming to you guys because I need help to continue doing it at the pace I'm doing it at. And I would like to do more of it. I would like to make it better. I really want to keep doing these weekly. And that's where you guys come in. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next week when we talk about episode 11 bad replicant. See you then. Have a great week, guys. Dinos to Matopolis. Dinos Dinos to Dinos to Matopolis. Dino Stamatopoulos and Dino Stamatopoulos who went on to do Moral Oral.